0: days of prayer and fasting. Now, I think two years ago, I spent the time to teach on the subject of prayer and fasting, especially on fasting. And I want to remind the church again about this very particular thing that is expected of us to do. The place and the life of a believer that fasts. I want to speak briefly this morning on the subject that necessity is laid upon me. Necessity is laid upon me necessity is laid upon me our main text will come from first corinthians chapter 9 verses 15 to 16 if you have the ability and the time which you should have the time read from verses 1 all the way down we are not going to do that for the sake of time through this time of administration but i want you to make sure that you understand the context onto which the apostle paul wrote this from We are also going to look at Luke chapter 18 verses 12 going, but before then I think we'll look at verses 9 going. So you can understand why this time of fasting, we should be mindful of the importance of this time of prayer and fasting. Because there is a high possibility that many of us have been exercising their life in prayer and fasting, yet have missed it. There are a lot of things that we do based on religious purposes, but yet we miss it because of our lack of true understanding. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 18, verses 9 gone, Jesus Christ revealed something that was very profound to us. In our read, it says that also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray, and a Pharisee and another tax and another a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed that with himself, God, I thank you, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortion, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Verse 12, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Verse 13, and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house, justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Everyone, not just someone, someone, but everyone who falls under the condition of exalting themselves. The Bible says, he who humbles himself, will be what? Exalted. An exaltation that that does not come from their own ability. But God exalts such a person. It is my prayer that we don't find ourselves in that condition. Whereby we boast and say we have fasted for 14 days. And prayed for 14 days. Yet we miss it because it is from a place where we are exalting ourselves. From the rituals of our life as believers. Not from the evident of the power of the Lord. See, when you walk and do things out of the power of God, it is no longer your ability, but it is by the provision of his strength that he gives to you. Give amen unto Jesus. And I want us to look at the main text from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now 1 Corinthians chapter 9 reveals to us a very profound statement that the Apostle Paul as he was revealing and rebuking the church of Corinth was highlighting something that I think that we have read before but yet we have missed what the Apostle was showing here. He began first in verses 1 all the way down expressing his ability or his position as an Apostle and the privileges that was due to him as an apostle the rights that he had and i want to just take the time to speak about that briefly because a lot of times even though we have come to Christ a lot of us still carry our rights we still believe even if, I'm a, if I'm, a, as, as I'm a pastor, this is my right. As an elder, this is my right. Since the church started, I have been with the church. So this is my right. And that mindset has been a mindset that has evolved into the body of the of church. They evolved into the body of believers. That even though we have come into God, there is only one that can be right. Jesus Christ but yet we hold on to a right yeah with the evident of saying that we have the right but Apostle Paul was teaching us something profound here that as much as you have the right yet there is a place that you and I need to find ourselves in and verses 15 1 Corinthians 9 verses 15 says but as I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things that it should be done to be done so to me, for it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void. Hear this, verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. He said in the beginning that I have used none of my rights. Why? Because in verse 16 he says, Because a necessity is laid upon me yes woe is me if i do not preach the gospel let me just read further verse 17 for if i do this willingly i have a reward but if i if against my will i have been entrusted with stewardship what is my reward then then when i preach the gospel i may present the gospel of christ without charge that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. Now you may ask, how does this all align with the place of fasting? And I want to get there very soon. So that we can understand where the apostle Paul was coming from. He says that I, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. That necessity is the mandate that God has placed over his life. The obligation that God has placed over his life. The will of God that he has placed over the life of the servant. Oh my God. The expectation God has placed over Apostle Paul. I came to announce to you, if we will come to the very place and respond to our call of duty, not as a choice, but because it is the duty that God has placed over our life. As a child of God, do you know that God has placed an obligation over you? What is the expectation that God has placed over your life as a believer? Yeah. I don't preach for the sake of it, but for the necessity that has been laid upon me. I don't play the drums just for the sake of showing my skills, but for the necessity of praising God. I don't worship and sing just because I have the voice, but for the necessity, for the obligation that God has laid upon me. Everything that I do, there is an expectation He's placed over our lives. You see, our approach to God yields a result. Our approach to God yields a result or a reward. Only if we are willing to accept our life from the standpoint of He has chosen us hear me, from the standpoint of what he has chosen us to accomplish and not from what we choose to do. I repeat, our approach to God yields a result, yields a reward when we know willingly that this is where or this is what God has chosen for you and I to do. There is a reward behind it. And I pray that today may your labor bring forth a divine supernatural reward. There is a reward. If you know that you are not doing it because you have the skills, because you chose to do this, but because you are working in the expectation that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And a lot of times, the reason why the body of believers are not seeing results and reward is because many of us are doing so many things, but yet not from the standpoint of what he has chosen for us to do. Can I say that again? We are doing so many things, but we are not seeing any results because not from the standpoint of what he has chosen for us to do. So in the book of Haggai, the Bible makes us understand the people went about to build houses, went about to do all sorts of things, but the Bible says they came back with little. Why? Because they neglected what they had been chosen to do. After they were taken out of slavery back into their land, there was an expectation. There was an expectation. But the people neglected the expectation. They chose to do what they wanted to do. But I came to announce to you. John chapter 15. Brings us back to the center of this message. Of the necessity is laid upon us. John 15 verses 16. From the amplified version. He says. You have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. You have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. And I have appointed you. And placed and purposely plant you. Jesus Christ is saying, this is the Amplified Version. He says that I have chosen you. I have appointed you. And I have placed you. And purposely. It means God intent about your life. It's not a general intent, but individually, every one of you, God has a purpose for you. It's a purpose of his goodness. It's a purpose of his wonders. God has a purpose that he has planted in you. And he says, so that you will go and bear fruit and keep on bearing. Tell somebody, tell somebody in your home this morning, keep on bearing. Say aloud, I am keeping on bearing. And that your fruit will remain. There's a lot to be said there. That your fruit will remain. Your fruit will not become seasonal fruit. But will remain. If you know that he has chosen you. Then your fruit has to remain. Because Jesus Christ yesterday. Today. And forever. Everything about him. Remains. He says that my word. Remains. All things will pass away. But the only exception. That is. That is excluded. From the passing away. It's the word of God. And so the promise of the Lord will remain. The purpose of God will remain. As long as you come to know that he is he that has chosen you. It will remain. And be lasting, So that whatever you ask of the father. In my name. As my representative. He will give to you. Say to yourself, he will give to you. This text gives us a different measure of assurance. Because he has chosen you, he says that whatever you pray, whatever you ask of my father, in my name, I will what? Give it to you. The assurance of our prayer life is acknowledging that God has chosen us. And if he has chosen us, then he will see to the very result of it. You see, this is where the Israelites missed it. That in the days of old, when God took them out of Egypt and they went through the wilderness, They forgot that the assurance of their ability to enter the promised land was them knowing that God chose them. He chose them. He chose them them out of Egypt. Even before Egypt, he appointed them that they shall find themselves in Egypt. They shall increase and God himself will take them back to the promised land. The assurance of why we pray the assurance of why we depend on God in prayer, why the believer should not neglect prayer, is because we know that God has chosen us, chosen us to pray, and chosen us and expects us to fast. And on that very promise, we need to come to recognize that because He has chosen us, we are subject to the expectation of God. Because he has chosen us, we are subject, we are dependent to align with the expectation of God, the pattern of God. And that pattern cannot, just because God has chosen us, does not mean we go about to do anything anyhow we want, but we need to understand what is the way of God. And the way of God for the believer in times like this is prayer and fasting. The book of Luke, the gospel of Luke chapter 4. Just look at it really briefly with me. Verses 1 and 2. It says, now Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. He ate what? Nothing. Nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, when they had had ended, he was what? Hungry. Jesus began his ministry in fast. means that we cannot begin this year and enter into this year neglecting the pattern of prayer and fasting. You can't just enter into the year with your own ability. I'm going to teach on fasting very soon so we can understand what it does for the life of the believer. But there is a reason why every year we need to set the time to pray and fast. There is a reason why this entire year, the first week of every month, we are going to dedicate it for a three days prayer and fast. Why? Why? because it is part of our expectation that we don't enter into the month by our own ability, but we enter into the month depending on the sovereign grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He entered his ministry with prayer and fasting. Likewise, the gospel of Matthew chapter 17, verses 19. I want us to look at that very briefly. Matthew 17, verses 19. I want to open your eyes on something that is really important and profound. Verses 14 going on. the Bible says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has an epileptic and suffered severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Ah oh my God. Verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was killed from that very hour. From that very hour. Verses 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? How come we couldn't do this? How come we are with you? We prayed, but yet we could not cast out this demon. And Jesus Christ said in verses 20, So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Now, a lot of times when we are representing the scripture, we fail to lose sight of what it said in verses 20. Before we step into 21, look at what it says. Because of your unbelief, for as surely I say to you, if you have faith as a master seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing will be what? Impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. fasting. This kind, this kind, this kind needs prayer and fasting. I came to reveal something to you here. We cannot neglect verses 20 because our ability to believe in God, our faith in God needs to be nurtured in prayer and fasting. You see, when, the, when, we, when we read this scripture, we come to realize that before the scripture, Jesus Christ had received, uh, the, 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 the disciples of John had gone to Jesus Christ uh, and they had asked Jesus, uh, how come we fast, but how can we fast? Uh, the disciples of John the Baptist said, how come we fast? But your disciples uh, do not fast. So it means that while Jesus Christ was with them, the disciples were not exercising the place of fasting. But this kind needed a faith that is fed on prayer and fasting. It needed a level of faith that is fed saturated, filled with prayer and fasting. You see, prayer upholds the promises of God. When we pray, we are holding on to the promise of God. But fasting, say to yourself, fasting. Let go of everything that hinders the faith of impossibility. The reason why this kind needs prayer and fasting is because when you exercise prayer and fasting, it gives no room for doubt. They came to ask Jesus, how come we could not cast this out? And he said, because of your unbelief. Because of your own belief, it means there is a place that Jesus Christ expects them to enter. To be able to deal with some demonic things. To be able to deal with some impossibilities. I don't know what impossibilities that you may have been going through. But I came to announce to you uh, with prayer and fasting. Uh, every impossibility is turned to be possible. Because prayer upholds the promise of God. But fasting, let go of every hindrance of your faith. Miles Moreau, who the Lord has blessed blessed memory, said fasting is a conscious, intentional decision to abstain for a time from the pleasures of eating in order to gain vital spiritual. Pastor Andrew Murray also said Fasting helps express Deepens Confirm The resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything Even ourselves To attain what we seek for the kingdom of God we are ready to sacrifice anything. So the mindset that we enter into this time of prayer and fasting is that we are ready to sacrifice anything. You are ready to sacrifice the temporal things and the seen things. Fasting is letting go of all that you see and all that is temporal. The last time I spoke about fasting, I talked about fasting I said, it's a time a believer consciously devotes to separate itself from the measures of self-gratification, mainly food, in order to build up the spiritual capacity in faith. in faith. And I spoke about four C's, why we ought to fast. One was the cost, Is the cost for the believer to fast. Meaning that the believer needs to stand in the gap. And in the gap, we need to pray and fast to cultivate a life that is spiritually available. For you to be able to be sensitive for the move of the Holy Spirit. For you to be able to know the directions of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you need to cultivate a life that is spiritually available. And that is done through your ability to fast. The church prayed and fasted. And the word of the Lord spread. And the Lord added unto the church. We ought to pray and fast. The third C that I talked about was consecrate. Consecrate. Means that you are preparing yourself for ministry and whatever task the Holy Spirit has assigned you. The Bible says that after prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Paul and Barnabas. Set them apart for the ministry. Fourthly, fasting also gives us the ability to become more closer to the Lord where we seek the kingdom of God first and His righteousness. So what am I saying here? The necessity that is laid upon us. God has laid an expectation upon us that the believer ought to pray and fast. And we need to come to the place of looking at this text in the book of Matthew. Why we need to pray and fast. We cannot be like the disciples whereby they cannot cast out things that need to be casted out. Jesus Christ, you unbelieve. How long shall I be with you? That means that God expects us to be able to cast out every spirit of demon. To be able to cast out every impossibilities into where it does not belong to us, but it goes into the deep seas. Hallelujah. So when faith is fed with prayer and fasting, possibilities has to also follow. The necessity of laying upon a believer's need to fast And necessity is laid upon the believer to fast. Because we are the agent to move impossibilities to possibilities. One. God has commissioned us to bring the possibilities to pass. Let Thy kingdom come on the earth. It is upon you and I, our prayer, in praying and fasting, that releases the agenda of heaven onto this earth. I don't know what may be going on in your family, on your homes, or around your community. I know that we are struggling in this world across the globe with all sorts of viruses. But I know that the prayer of the righteous avails much. And through prayer and fasting of the shepherd's house that is our prayer that when we pray and for these 14 days coming forth every possibilities will be made available for the church of god every possibilities will be made a better available for our communities in the name of jesus possibilities and necessity is laid upon us as believers to fast because whatever kind of impossibilities that today we have seen in our lives. I don't know what impossibilities you are going through. I don't know what sickness that have entangled you. I don't know where you see your Christian life today. Where you see your work with the Lord today. I don't know what has been holding you back. But whatever impossibility. Whatever kind of thing that has held you back. That have held back your family. That have held back your ministry. I pray that in the name of Jesus, there is a necessity that is laid upon you as a believer. That in your prayer and fasting, God will turn around the impossible to be possible. It's about time that we see fruitfulness in the life of believers. You have been a believer, it doesn't matter how long you have been a believer. But there has to be a result after your belief. We need to start, you need to start to see a tangible evidence of result of what you trust in. So many times, our life as Christians have been crippled with unbelief. So many times, even though Jesus, the the disciples, was with Jesus, yet unbelief was still part with them. My God. Even though they walked with Jesus and saw the signs and wonders, yet unbelief. Was still were still welcoming in their life. I want you to imagine that you have seen all the miracles that this Lord has done but yet you can still give room for unbelief. How can it be? How can it be? but now unto the believers pray and fast we cannot allow unbelief to take root in our life I pray in the name of Jesus that every unbelief be rooted out in the name of Jesus within these these 14 days of prayer and fasting we command every unbelief to flee when the church walks believing that God has placed us here the Shepherd's house in Lynchburg in Sellersville. Wherever else God is going to position us. We are not here for the sake of because God somebody wanted to start a church. No, 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 no. But He chose us. John 15, verse 16. He chose us. I wish you would say that to yourself. He chose me. Yeah. And purposely planted you. We are not here for the sake of entertainment. We are not here to boast that we have a church, but we are here because there is a purpose. There is an expectation that has been laid upon us. The reason why we should fast and commit ourselves in fasting and praying these 14 days coming forth is because there is an expectation. So, 2 Corinthians 6, verses 4 to 5. This is something that I believe that it speaks to all of us. The Apostle Paul said, But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God. You and I are ministers. In much patience, in much tribulation, in need, in distress, in stripes, in imprisonment, in torment, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fasting. He commended himself. He's reminding us we are commended to fasting. It is God's expectation for us that the believer ought to fast. The believer ought to fast. So don't say that you can't fast. Don't give room, say, I can't fast. There is an, an expectation that is laid upon you. How do we feed our faith with prayer and fasting? Because the gospel of Matthew 17 makes us understand that this kind needs the faith that is fed with prayer and fasting. You see, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1, the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So how we feed our faith cannot be based on the natural abilities, but it has to be spiritual abilities. As one cares for, as you care for your physical body, through the food that you eat, and the material things that you purchase for yourself. So fasting is the way we nurture the spiritual being. How you feed your spiritual being. is not based on the food that you eat. But it's based on, your, on your, the life of dependence on the word of God. And through prayer and fasting. Fasting is one. So if you want a complete diet if you want a complete spiritual diet, you can't neglect the word. You cannot neglect prayer. Neither can you neglect fasting as a believer. The full-course diet of a believer's spiritual mind or spiritual nature or spiritual being is by making sure you are giving room for prayer, fasting, and the word. The more you feed on the word, your spirit being grows. The more you pray, your spirit being grows. Why? Because it holds on to the promise of the word of God. The more you fast, you let go of everything that will entangle the faith that will hold on to the promise. The faith that brings the, the promise to pass. The faith that brings the promise to pass. You let go of everything that will hinder that faith. Every doubt is let go. Every unbelief is let go. Every bitterness is let go. Every pain is let go. Every sin that has been rooted in you. That is subject to hinder the move of God. Fasten, let it go as you feed your spiritual being. So you put your spirit man into the condition called waiting. That's where I want to end today. When you fast, you put yourself under the condition called waiting. A lot can be said about the message of waiting on the Lord. But I want to speak about waiting from the context of fasting. Isaiah 40 chapter 28. Isaiah chapter 40 verses 28 to 31. Now read. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, The creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength, even though the youth shall faint and be weary. You expect the youth to be able to not be fainted or to be strong. But verse 30 says that even though the youth shall faint, even though the strength of the youth can fill you and be worried and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, there is a condition that happens when one places themselves in waiting upon the Lord in prayer and fasting. Waiting on the Lord, when you go into the index of that, the, 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 the understanding of that, it is simply stretch something under a tension of endurance. To wait is to stretch something under a tension of Endurance. And what happens in fasting? In fasting, you stretch yourself under the tension of abstaining from food and every pleasure. You endure abstaining from the tension of saying eat, 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 eat. You endure that tension. You endure that tension. You endure that tension. So those who endure the stretching of that tension, God is able to equip them that they have the ability to be able to mount up with wings like eagle. The Lord renews their strength. So I came to announce to you, if you will wait upon the Lord in prayer and fasting, um, in these 14 days coming up, God will bring everything that has been contentious against your destiny. He will bring it down. That you will walk in the liberty of the Most High God. In waiting, the Lord says, shall renew their strength. So as you are fasting, don't look at it as your strength is becoming weaker. But look at it as your strength is becoming stronger. As you are fasting, remember that you are becoming more stronger and stronger because the spirit man is being fed. Your spirit being is being fed. As you are fasting, you mount up with wings like eagle. As you are fasting, means that you have now the ability to soar above the altitude. It says wings like eagle. Eagle is the bird that is able to fly to the deeper depth into the realm of the the sky. And so that means that as you fast, God gives you a divine, special ability to understand the unsearchable face of him. Revelation and understanding becomes your portion. Daniel fasted. And when he fasted, the Lord prevailed and revealed himself to him. I came to announce to you, if you will pray and fast, you come to understand The unsearchable things of God. Why? Because fasting takes you out of the element of your flesh and places you in the element of your spiritual being. So if you are in the spirit of the Lord, then your communication, your understanding, your thinking, everything aligns with the spirit of the Lord. So you mount up with wings like eagle. And says that they shall run and not grow weary. You run and not grow weary. What is it simply saying? You now have the leverage to run. Run above every unbelief. Run above every doubt. Run above every un- or every fear that has withheld you. Anything that have withheld you. The Bible says, Elijah, run. And run faster than Ahab. I don't know what you are worried about. But may God give you divine speed. Speed in your calling. Speed in your ministry. Speed in your life. Speed in your marriage. Speed in every commission that God has given to you. That you shall run and not grow worried. Lastly, when we fast and as we place ourselves under the condition of waiting, we walk and not faint. I walk and do not faint. Bible says in 1 John 1 verse 7, it says that, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ is His Son cleans us from all sins. We walk and we are not afraid or we are not entangled by the things of this world, by the sins of this world. Galatians five, verse 25 says that if we live by the Spirit, we should also walk by the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, we should also walk by the Spirit. My brothers and sisters, the necessity laid upon us is to wait upon the Lord in prayer and fasting. In the next 14 days, we are expecting the Lord to move. Not just as he did in 2021, but higher and more in 2022. But it's about the mindset that we take into our time of approaching God. That in this time of prayer and fasting, it shall not be about what we want to be, but what he has chosen us to be. There is a necessity laid upon us. It's laid upon us that God's will shall be done through you and I. That many of you, God has given you the ability to be a healer. You have been given a commission to be an evangelist. You have been given a commission to do something for the kingdom of God. Whatever has caused you to remain idle, it is my prayer that in the year 2022, that will not be your portion, but you shall run and not go worry. You shall run and not be weary, and you shall walk and not faint. In Jesus' name we are prayed, amen. Amen.